Welcome to Crab Takes and Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Board does. I'm TK, joined as always by Andrew Holly. Holly, been a week this time. How are we doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I like getting back into the swing of things, some regular podcasts, regular Ravens news. This is good, a good time of year. Yeah, good time to be around. And boy, has it been a week. Uh, I had to move over the weekend and... I do not wish that on anybody. It is the worst thing. The I only moved I only moved two floors down in my same building, and it still sucks. I I wouldn't wish it on even the worst Steelers fan. No, it's the worst, man. Absolutely the worst. I I might I might actually uh, wish it on some Steelers fans, but <laughs> but that's okay. We'll 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 let that be for the moment. So yeah. how about those Ravens this week, sir? How about Pretty. those Ravens? Pretty, pretty exciting stuff coming out of camp. Um, you know, we, we just got done the second day of the, the camp shared with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are going to play on Thursday in the first preseason game. But I think the biggest news, uh, you know, kind of off the field was Ed Reed's induction into the Hall of Fame. So congratulations to Ed, my favorite player of all time. Uh, what did you think overall of, you know, all of the Hall of Fame uh, festivities, his amazing bust, and his speech. Well, first things first, we have to start with the bust because it really is top five, at least, if not better, busts in the Hall of Fame. I mean, just yeah, out of control, good. So, I mean, that that was amazing. So, that in and of itself made Hall of Fame weekend. Just seeing his bust, he probably could just could have just gone on for the speech, wave, and we all would have been happy. Um, you know, I, I have to reiter- reiterate, Ed Reed was also my favorite player of all time. Mm-hmm. Just un-freaking-believable. I, I don't know what was better, watching Ed Reed or the fact that typically, especially in his absolute height of ridiculousness, I would typically watch games with some friends who were not Ravens fans. Mm-hmm. So their reaction. Every time that Ed Reed would not only get the pick, but take it to the house or pitch it back to someone else or whatever the case may be of his just excitement personified that he was at safety. You know, the best was the reaction of my friends going, what the, why? (laughs) Oh my God, that's ridiculous, man. Oh my God. You'd be sitting there reveling in this gloriousness that is Ed Reed, just middle finger to everyone around you with how good Ed Reed was, was just fantastic. What do you think? Yeah, so so today I, I rewatched his speech and I got into like a little rabbit hole of uh, Ed Reed highlights and just general Ravens highlights. And I ended up on the 2008 uh, wild card playoff game at the Dolphins, and mm-hmm. those highlights kind of have a little bit of what, everything that Ed Reed brought to the table. You know, he had that early interception, uh, you know, breaking back on the ball, flipping his hips so so fluidly, and catching catching the ball over his shoulder, and the dynamic return for a, a touchdown on that play. And then, you know, later in the game when the Dolphins are driving and getting back into the game, he makes a ridiculous break on the ball and intercepts Chad Pennington again. And he, you know, had some tough pass breakups, laying the wood on some people. 
so you know his 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 full arsenal was kind of on display in that game and you know that that game if you can find the highlights for that you'll see what i'm talking about is just the quintessential ed reed highlight package it is so awesome to the the way that he played the game and you know when he left you know maybe the safety play dropped off a little bit uh with guys like um you know guys that come to mind are like Kendrick Lewis and Will Hill who you know fine players but i just it, it was really yeah. unfair to, it, they, yeah they're a joke they're a joke compared to Ed Reed I mean, right you I know mean, fine player is Eric Weddle we had some trash after Ed, Ed Reed to be fair yeah, so like the standard was set so ridiculously high. Yeah. That, you know, if there was a ball over the middle that was slightly overthrown and didn't get intercepted, you're immediately disappointed yeah. and you think like, oh, Absolutely. Reed would have had that. You know? Yeah. So I, I think the least prepared he's ever been in his career was probably for his speech. Um, you know, it was a little Agreed. bit all over the place. And uh, you know, he was he was always known for being super prepared for each game, and I think he kind of wanted to just you know, I think he mentioned he just wanted to enjoy the moment and didn't really write anything until he was sitting there. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's just the kind of guy Ed Reed is. He's, he's just going to do his own thing. He's going to be his own man. And, uh, you know, I'm just so happy for him. I wish I could have gotten out to Canton uh, for it, but uh, maybe maybe I'll go out to Lamar Jackson's induction. There you go. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> that's what I like to hear. Or at least certainly Marshall Yondos, right? Yeah, um, or, or Suggs. Or C-Sizzle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. You know, I, I, I think just talking, I, I realize I never actually said anything about Ed Reed's speech. You know, I, it was fantastic. I mean, he did a fan, it, just recounting all the different things he talked about from whether it was the players he played with, whether it be Miami or high school or, you know, with the Ravens, obviously, to the digs you know, against the Cleveland and mm-hmm. Cincinnati fans. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I think that might have been my favorite part of the speech. And he's yep. like, yeah, and I also got however many picks and blah, blah, blah. That was great. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was just a fantastic speech. So well-spoken. I mean, the interesting thing about Ed Reed, played with Ray Lewis so much, I don't think he never, like, on any other team, Ray Lewis, or Ed Reed, excuse me, is the 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 you know, speaker for the defense. He's the guy that everyone's going to put the mic in front of. And I feel like with the Ravens, we didn't really see that, at least on the media side. I'm not saying he isn't, he wasn't affable with fans or anything like that, but I feel like a lot of times in interviews, you know, obviously the soundbite was Ray Lewis. Occasionally they would go to Ed Reed, but a lot of times he wasn't really the soundbite. And it's just, it was great to really see him relaxed and you know not guarded in an interview and just free-flowing ed reed you know was 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 fun to listen to i mean i think i i agree he was a bit all over the place but as someone who you know speaks speaks just as he thinks out loud you know i do that i do that just a little bit myself (laughs) but just a little bit just a little bit but uh, but anyway, it was it was a fantastic speech. Um, you know, definitely if you haven't listened to it, find it on YouTube. Uh, just cool weekend. It's, oh, and I think one of the you know one of the best parts about the whole thing was you know Ed Reed with his stogie either in his pocket or randomly lighting it, lighting it up where you know the NFL was probably not too excited 
about seeing a lit stogie, you know, on stage yep. at the Hall of Fame ceremony. But but that said, I mean, what a weekend for Ed Reed. Great celebrating such a great player. And and uh, and as, as you said, just going back and watching the old highlights all weekend, you know, as you're catching things left and right. I mean, it was it's always fun to reminisce. That is for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I he's just so cool, man. I don't, I could never pull off a fedora and a stogie like that. Oh, but no he doubt. just and he's just got it, man. Fedora with like a wood brim or something. <laughs> he, yeah, he had, he had some style going on. I'll tell yeah. you what. I wish I could grow a fro like that. I, I mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm a bald, fat guy, but you know the I wish I could grow a fro. Yeah, Great hair. yeah. Great hair. Don't we all? Don't we all? So if we if we move it back to on the field, uh, the we, the Ravens have about, oh, I guess, just over a week of practice now, right? That they've been on the field. Uh, like I said, they just had this shared practice with the uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars two days. I think the coaches probably made a wise, wise decision in limiting the hitting and uh, the pads on portions of the practice. Um, because both sides kind of have some fiery guys, you know, like uh, Jalen Ramsey comes to mind and... You know, I mean, not that not that fighting is the worst thing in the world, but, you know, just to keep the guys safe as much as possible, I guess. Yeah, this, I mean, let's be real. These are, <clears throat> excuse me, these are shared practices. This isn't mm-hmm. a game. It's not even a preseason game. There, while it's good to certainly have the practices against another team just for the unfamiliarity and really getting to test yourself a bit in practice, I don't want to see them hitting some other team and getting into fights and mm-hmm. all that stuff. I mean, that to me is the complete antithesis of why you're trying to have a practice with another team. You know, that's what the preseason game is for. Not certainly for fights, but that's, that's what they're <laughs> hitting. And that, I mean, I guess they could do that. We may see that. But, you know, it, it, that's where the hitting needs to start. And, I, you know, keep that out of practice. So I, I, I'm definitely glad to see that. Yeah, exactly. And the, there have been some practices before the uh, before the Jaguars uh, came into town. So, you know, there's been a lot of noise about some of the receivers, you know, especially guys like Miles Boykin, you know, Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst really jump in on the scene. Um, you know, wh- what are some of the guys or who are some of the guys that you're noticing, um, at least reading about and, and, you know, seeing articles about and things like that? You know, who is really catching your eye and who is... Uh, kind of surprising you a little bit well the biggest thing that's jumping out to me and i know we've tested about it quite a bit over the last week and a half or so is the praise for lamar jackson mm-hmm. you know we there you started seeing a lot of articles in the beginning of training camp oh lamar and he's really gonna have to change his throwing and blah 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 and now you're starting to see that oh hey all that work in the offseason he did seems to have really paid off because he's having some fantastic practices. These last two days with practices with the Jaguars have been fantastic. Apparently Um, I was watching a couple, a couple clips from, from practice. Granted they're on the Ravens website. So, you know, I'm sure they're only going to show good, good (laughs) clips. Yeah. Not showing too many interceptions. He threw a dime across the middle to Mark Andrews in coverage. That was unbelievable. And if yep. that's the kind of throw we're going to start to get from Lamar Jackson, I'm getting pretty hyped. So, and it's not, you know, it, it, it guy, you know, some of our seasoned guys, the Jamison Hensleys of the world are starting to heap praise on Lamar Jackson. But I don't think we ever really saw that 
as much, you know, for some of the other younger quarterbacks that have been on this team before. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I won't believe anything until I see it on the field. And, absolutely. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it is good to see, you know, like you said, you know, guys that are very respected as the beat writers and the, and the reporters, uh, you know, give Lamar Jackson a lot of praise. You know, there's been some ups, there's been some downs, obviously. But, um, you know, I think he's probably putting himself in a really good position to uh, get off to a good start. So no doubt. Now, let yeah. me say, you know, while while I'm certainly excited to see that at Lamar Jackson, I'm, I'm not trying to sit here saying, oh, Lamar Jackson is going to be Patrick Mahomes this year. That's not at all what I'm trying to say. But if, if you ask what stands out, you know, that's definitely the first thing that stands out, because I was not expecting the early praise of Lamar Jackson that I've read. So that's definitely exciting. But definitely, as you said, we need to temper our enthusiasm. For sure. Mm-hmm. Given, yeah, given the new mechanics and the new offense and all these moving pieces, I thought it was going to re- really be a slow start for him. Absolutely. But um, yeah, maybe maybe I underestimated him a little bit. So uh, I keep I hope he keeps proving me wrong. But uh, like I said, I'm, I'm going to have to see it before I really buy into yep. anything about anybody uh, on this on this team that that's being written right now. So except for the Mandarins, of course. That goes without that. Oh, I'm already on board. You know, that's yeah. that's yeah, that's a foregone conclusion. And speaking speaking of the Mandrews, if one of our listeners can find a white Mark Andrews jersey that I can buy uh, in in a medium, I cannot find one anywhere on the internet. You wear medium, huh? It's medium. I do. Yeah. 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 Nice. Nice. Extra slim. No, not extra slim, unfortunately. But yeah. Really, somebody please tweet at me at, at It's So Contagious and uh, please help me figure this out. And, uh, you know, I, I'd like to have it before the season starts. Um, but, yeah, Mark Andrews has been all over the place. You see him in highlights, see him getting tweets. You know, people are saying he's going to be a top five tight end. And I said, where have you guys been? I knew this since last year. That is true. That is true. <laughs> and you know what's crazy? I think Hayden Nurse might be right up there, too, because he's another guy that I'm excited about some of the stuff I've read here in the early parts of training camp. So talking, you know, mm-hmm. when you talk about the receivers, we'll get to them in a minute, but you know, that first option for, for uh, Lamar Jackson, those dink and dunk tight ends are not dink and dunk tight ends. That is for darn sure. Yeah, for sure. It, it seems like um, Nick Boyle is kind of fitting into that dink and dunk kind of role, which I guess kind of fits his, uh, fits his skill set and allows Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews to release down the field a little bit. So, I mean, again, like having those three really, really good tight ends is uh, is going to be quite exciting to see how they uh, how they play out. And uh, you know, Hayden Hurst won't be kind of restricted to that blocking and, and intermediate route running uh, role. So. You know, know, the other thing is pre-snap motion with those guys and different formations that that can create. You can have Mm -hmm. all three guys in the, you know, in the same formation lining up at H back or tight end, splitting out wide and just changing all things up, you know, before the play starts. Apparently that's going to be a big part of the offense this year is Mm -hmm. a lot of pre-snap motion. So we'll see, uh, we'll see how the tight ends factor into that, but I imagine that's going to be quite a, a big part of the offense. Yeah, for sure. So if we move uh, move out wide, you know, there's been a few wide receivers that are making some noise. Who in particular is catching your eye? 
Definitely my boy, Miles Boykin. I was yeah. excited when we got him in the draft. He's really getting raids, apparently, from not not just the reporters covering team the team, but from coaches and other players. So that I'll tell you what, if we can nail both of our picks this year at receiver between Boykin and uh, Mr. Hollywood Brown, you know that uh, that would be pretty extra special for our offense. Yeah, for sure. Another big guy out there is Antoine Wesley, the uh, undrafted free agent. He's been uh, pulling down some passes, had had some uh, highlight reel catches. So, uh, you know, he seems to be in the lead as far as the undrafted guys on offense, uh, you know, at wide receiver. But, um, you know, having a big body like that is always, you know, always a little uh, benefit to uh, to making that roster. So, you know, let's see if he can keep it up. I, I'm interested to see how he looks in the games uh, and with with, uh, you know, live coverage on him. But, you know, I'm liking the highlights that at least I'm seeing from him and and what's being written about him as well. Agreed. Uh, you know, I, he certainly seems to be the guy. I mean, I haven't read a whole lot about any of the other undrafted free agents really on the roster. It seems to be, you know, Wesley. And that's about it. You know, mm-hmm. when, you, when you look at the headlines. So, you know, I, I think we're really going to start seeing, you know, some of those players emerge in the games. That's really when it seems to happen. But, uh, it, uh, you know, we'll see. He certainly is the leader in the clubhouse of the undrafted free agents, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And then w- when we talk about the, the depth chart that was released uh, a couple days ago, Seth Roberts is, is atop the depth chart. Uh, he and Willie Sneed. So, uh, and I, I'm not sure that it's a bad thing, saying a bad thing about Chris Moore, but um, more so Seth Roberts practicing really well so far. So, you know, he's a guy that can play inside and outside, just like Willie Sneed. So it'll be interesting to see how they work those guys. Chris Moore is a guy that can do a little bit of both too. And, and Jaleel Scott, like um, another big body. So again, like we said last time, maybe not the mo- highest regarded names in the league, but you know, some talented guys that can go out and make some plays for, uh, for Lamar. Absolutely. You know, and, and, Jaleel Scott is is one to definitely watch a little bit, especially once the game starts. I mean, he's another player that, you know, mid round pick last year. Uh, you know, his his cohort Jordan Lasley just got you know cut. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and he's sort of the last man standing from last year's receivers. He got some nice little pub earlier in the in training camp, and you know, we'll just have to see what translates into games. I mean, he's another player though that I think. You know, we'll want to keep an eye on as one of those uh, unknown sort of knowns, not unknown knowns, but anyway, you know what I'm playing. I'm saying mm-hmm. that under underrated player that may step up and and do something in, in the preseason to make this team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I also keep seeing positive things about Michael Floyd and, you know, the, how, you know, how he is, has practiced well. Again, I'm just not sure that I see a spot for him on this roster. But, you know, if he earns it, he earns it. I mean, are, are you still on that same boat, or do you think Michael Floyd's I, no, making I his way on? You. I think, I think to me, Michael Floyd's definitely majorly on the bubble until he proves he's worth having on the team. Now, look, as a veteran who has done it before, certainly he's had, you know, a few at least down years since he was really – um, at his height with Arizona, but, you know, I mean, it, it certainly could be in him, so I don't want to discount it, but he's, he's another one that's just going to have to prove it in games. I mean, and even then, 
I don't know if I would fully trust it in a preseason game. I mean, are you going to go into – like, I guess my point is I would almost rather see a Jaleel Scott – if there's a bubble – and the choice is, okay, well, are we going to go with Jaleel Scott or are we going to go with Michael Floyd? And they both had very similar preseasons. I'm going to want to go with Scott over Floyd. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So Floyd is really going to have to prove I'm a stud again and you better keep me for me to really want to keep him. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, the the – thing that he gets a lot of praise for is his run blocking, but I'm not sure that's enough to, uh, you know, work his way into a, we've into got a roster spot. I mean, you think about, we've got, look, we've got, our, our, as you just mentioned, our two starting wide receivers are going to end up being Snead and Seth Roberts. What can they do? Probably block downfield are two of their better traits, mm-hmm. you know, or, or, or the better traits for those two receivers, rather. So, you know, I think, I, I think we can go without, Michael Floyd, if that's why we need him on the team, or if that's his best attribute at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So if we if we come back uh, into the trenches on the offensive line, uh, everything kind of looks good to go, except for that left guard spot, and that seems to be the glaring weakness on this offense so far. You know, Alex Lewis was just traded to the Jets. Uh, we kind of predicted that his his time in Baltimore was was coming to a close but uh you know Jermaine Illuminor has had his up and downs you know I've read a few times that Ben Powers just probably isn't ready yet you know I'm I'm a little bit concerned here I, this is not playing out the way that I thought it would well I mean I guess I look at I look at this I, I think we both certainly wanted uh Powers to come in and just be the starter from day mm-hmm. one. I don't knowing John Harbaugh, I think we both know better that that doesn't typically happen with any for any first round picks, let alone, you know, a mid round pick. So mm-hmm. he would have really had to come in and blown the doors off training camp. I think for, for him to, and certainly at this point be looked at as, Oh yeah. Powers is going to be the start. Mm-hmm. You know, that said, um, I, I'm not terribly concerned yet. I want to see some of these guys play in the preseason. I think, you know, again, just where you've got to take the great practice performances with a grain of salt. You also take, have to take some of the, you know, the guys are struggling performances with a grain of salt. I mean, it could be once, you know, Powers is able to start, you know, sucking the life out of opponents again. You know, maybe that will you know, charge him up as he steals their souls. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he will truly become the player we want him to be. Um, but you know what? I, I think at least to start the season, we've got James Hurst. Um, you know, unless there's an injury I, I, I don't know about. I mean, he should be okay um, to at least hold down the fort until Powers probably by midseason, just like Orlando Brown last year, he can step in and, and possibly take over at that point. I, you know, I am a little concerned maybe with depth beyond that. But look, Bozeman still, you know, is there. You know, we've got some players we can we can potentially move around. I mean, Illuminor, I'm never really, I've never really been real high on. So we'll just have to see how the games play out a little bit before we can truly say how our depth is. But, but we'll see. I mean, I guess 
you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out and, 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 you know, we'll see how the waiver wire plays out as well. And, and maybe the, uh, a guard will be on our, our list. Yeah. I, so even with these left guards struggling, I'm a little bit confused about why, you know, you mentioned in Bozeman, like, why is he not getting any left guard snaps with the ones, uh, James Hurst, why is he not getting any left guard snaps with the ones? It's just kind of, I I, I I can answer James Hurst. I can answer James Hurst. I think Harbaugh may have even intimated this. They know what James Hurst can do. I think they, they, and that's not to knock James Hurst. I think they, they know what they're going to get. They're comfortable Mm -hmm. with what they can get, but they want to give some other guys a chance to win a job and prove they can be better than James Hurst. So I think that's what we're seeing as far as practice reps, you know, but, but I, I, I don't know who, who knows, but that, that seems to me the, the case from what I've seen. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point James Hurst doesn't get any snaps there because, you know, you can say, you know, I know what James Hurst is going to give me a left guard, but then if you stick him there on week one without any practice reps, I mean, it's not going to oh, go well, sure. you know, I'm, I'm, sure. and, and I'm sure they know that too. You know, I'm not the, I'm not a smarter football guy than they am. They are, but you know, I'm just saying it's it just kind of kind of strange to me seeing the struggles that they're having and not seeing one of those other names get reps. Um, you know, if we move it to the backfield, and and actually going back one, I, I think you might be right about uh, these interior linemen not really making any noise yet because it's tough for interior linemen to practice when there's not hitting. You know, at least the tackles can, you know, force the pass rushers upfield and they can kind of get their reps in. But the interior linemen, I mean, what are what else are they going to do other than straight up physically block somebody? You know, so I think you're right about getting into a game situation uh, and and really ratcheting up the intensity for those left guards. But, um, yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, that's just one one storyline that has kind of been a been a thorn in my side so far but uh we'll see how it goes against the Jags. Um moving into the backfield have like has any, any anything caught your attention with Ingram, Gus Edwards, Kenneth Dixon, Justice Hill, anything like that? Not really. I'll be honest with you from everything I've read it seems to be uh as expected. I mean, has anything jumped out to you? I mean, to me it it sounds like, you know, Ingram is as advertised Mm-hmm. Um, which is exciting, and and I think we're just plowing along. I do like that. I believe on the uh, the depth chart, we do see Justice Hill as the kick returner, so that's kind of cool to see. Um, not necessarily a backfield directly related, but but mm-hmm. ancillary. Um, so that was good to see. Um, you know, otherwise it, it's about as expected. I mean, I still think we're going to see. Ingram, uh, Gus the Bus, and uh, Justice Hill is our main backs, and I don't know if we'll go with with a fourth, but that's uh, that's that remains to be seen. Yeah, we'll see. I, I'm excited to see what Kenneth Dixon does in these preseason games. I I still think he's got some juice to him. If there's a way that we can keep him around and and kind of massage the rest of the roster to uh, you know accommodate that roster spot for him. Uh, I I mean I don't know he he was just so explosive and you know maybe doesn't have that top end speed but uh, you know his ability to break tackles and 
break out in the open was pretty exciting to see last year and, and it would stink to not have him around if, if, yeah, if he no, could produce like that. I understand. He was he was a big weapon last year. I'm not trying to – I'm just sort of reading the tea leaves. He just seems like he might be a bit of a head case, and maybe I'm reading the tea leaves wrong, Kenneth, if you're reading this right now or listening to this, <laughs> excuse me, right now. You know, I, I apologize, but it just – I don't know, with the PED suspensions and everything else, the injuries, not that, you know, the injuries are necessarily his fault at all, but, you know, I just, it's hard for me to, to look at him and, and, and trust Kenneth Dixon um, still, you know, but that said, you know, it'd be pretty awesome if Justice Hill can, you know, establish him as, himself as one of the returners. I think there's an area where that opens up a spot potentially for, uh, for Kenneth Dixon to get in there. Now, I think as we've talked in, in previous podcasts, what about the DBs? You know, but uh, they're so they're so deep. It's going to be hard to really find people to cut there. But 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 that said, you know, if we can find a place for Kenneth Dixon, I I definitely would not be upset about it. Let me put it that way. Yeah, and and you know, speaking of those DBs, maybe let's flip it over to the defense. Uh, early on, there was, I mean. The DBs were everywhere. They were breaking up everything uh, that was thrown their direction. But it uh, seems like they were – they got their fair share of uh, spankings in these couple practices against the Jags. I mean, I saw a video of Jimmy Smith, you know, just running the complete wrong direction on uh, – I forget which, which receiver it was for the Jags. But, uh, man, I mean, I, like an exciting group, but maybe uh, maybe we need to temper expectations a little bit. What do you think? Well, you definitely have to. I appreciate, um, you know, I, I forget who it was on the, the DBs. The, uh, I forget which safety it was that said it, but he said, look, we need to start chilling out. I guess it was Earl Thomas. He was like, okay, we got to chill out before we start, you know, creating names for our DBs like the Legion of Boom and all that stuff. We got to prove it first. And and I think we're starting to see them get smacked around a little bit and maybe put in their place, which is great. I want that to happen in practice, you know, before the first preseason game, not, um, you know, game two or game one or, you know, anytime during the season, quite frankly. Um, so it's definitely, I don't want to say good to see that happen, but it probably was needed a little bit. Yeah, I mean, iron sharpens iron, right? So, uh, well said. Well yeah. said, John Harbaugh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, in, in the um, in the depth charts, not really too many surprises. You know, Chris Board seems to have uh, taken control of that will linebacker spot. Absolutely. You know, uh, Kenny Young actually listed as Peanuts backup, not Chris Board's backup. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was kind of surprised to see that, but, you know, might not mean much in this first depth chart. Um, the other kind of surprise that people mentioned a, a few times is Brandon Carr listed as the number three cornerback, uh, which might take his, which might end his consecutive start streak. That's true. They've also lined him, I think, up at safety a little bit. So they're, mm -hmm. they're definitely going to be playing. But you know what? Why not? I mean, you think about how much talent is in that defensive backfield. Why not play him all around? You know, you start lining up cornerbacks as safeties, and then they come down and then play the receiver. I mean, who knows? They're just going to be all over the place potentially on defense. So that, that could be a lot of fun to watch. 
but yeah, I mean, I think it's inevitable that you know Brandon Carr at some point is gonna gonna you know basically have to hand over the starting reins to Mr. Humphrey. I think he's and especially when Humphrey at this point is essentially our number one corner. You know, mm-hmm. so um, I guess the real question is going to be, can Jimmy Smith hold up? And yeah. And I still, you know, he's still got to get through preseason. Um, now, that said, we also haven't mentioned Tavon Young, who also has looked apparently fantastic in preseason, somewhat living up to uh, to the hype of his contract so far. So that's been fun to see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you, you mentioned having having Brandon Carr on the field, you know, even potentially with Jimmy Smith and Marlon Humphrey. And I think what allows you to do that is, you know, it's kind of a small package, I guess, with with three corners on the field. But it kind of changes it dimensionally a little bit when Marlon Humphrey and Jimmy Smith are such good tacklers that, you know, you're not really worried about, you know, little corners getting beat by, you know, not being able to tackle guys out in the open and things like that. But you know, Marlon Humphrey and Jimmy Smith kind of changed that a little bit. So it allows you to have, you know, your three athletic corners on the field at the same time. The options are, are pretty much endless this year with our DBs. That is mm-hmm. for sure. At least yeah, so and, far, I say that, and all it's going to take is one or two injuries, and we're going to be worried about our depth. So it, it, that can go quickly, but at least for now, it, it, it seems like that's going to be a, a fun position for us, or position yeah. group, rather. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, I haven't really heard much about Earl Thomas yet. Uh, I think he's probably just still acclimating himself, get, getting into it. But uh, the other position battle that, you know, everybody's kind of talking about is uh, Terrell Suggs' old spot. And right now, Pernell McPhee is listed at the starter at the rush linebacker, um, you know, with Tim Williams and uh, Jalen Ferguson behind him. But, uh, you know, I, I, I heard some good things about Tyus Bowser these past couple practices. So, you know, that's that one just seems like it's still way up in the air. And, and you know, just like we said, I think we said this last week, and, you know, Permanel McPhee is most likely going to start, at, at least start the season as the starter here. I would think so. I, I, I mean, McPhee seems to be, and we've already talked about him as being the OG Raven and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I think I think he's kind of stepped in with a little bit of, you know, veteran cachet, so to speak, to the position because of his years previous with the Ravens. Um, you know, I, I think this is where some of the preseason, preseason games are really going to give us some answers as far as the Shane Rays of the world, the Tim Williamses, and the Tyus Bowsers. I think... They're going to, you know, both Tyus Bowser and Tim Williams are going to have to prove a lot to me uh, in the preseason for me to want to keep them on the roster, quite frankly. But that said, you know, so does Shane Ray and and so does Pernell McPhee, you know. So there's a lot of a lot of questions, you know, both individually and for the team that need to be answered in that position. And finally, we're going to get to get a chance to evaluate it for ourselves with this game coming up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, well, let's let's talk about the game a little bit. You know, what are some of the things that you're going to be watching in particular? Uh, you know, it might be something that you've mentioned already, but, uh, you know, what are some things you're looking for here? You know, I think uh, I'm not going to be looking for much from the starters. I mean, I think the first preseason game, you know, we'll see guys for a little bit and then they'll probably quickly, quickly transition to some backups. Um It'll be fun. I mean, what do we usually see starters for in the first game is usually like the first quarter. 
Is that fair? Um, I would think less than that. Maybe the first couple yeah, drives. Man, yeah. Especially so, Lamar. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to see Lamar run. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. I want to see Lamar, and of course, I don't want to see him get killed in the pocket either. But, you know, I want to see him throw a little bit. It doesn't have to be anything super exciting, but I'd like to see some, a couple on-target passes. You know, the receivers don't even need to necessarily catch them, but I want to at least feel pretty good about, you know, his pocket presence. I don't want to see him fumble. You know, that mm-hmm. I, want to, I want to see some some incremental potential improvement to Lamar Jackson somewhere, you know, that that's one thing I'll be looking for. You know, otherwise it's really just going to be certain players. I want to see, you know, some of the receivers we mentioned, see how they stand out. I want to see the defense and, and, you know, start seeing some of these position battles unfold. Um, And, and, you know, it's always good and, and fun to see, you know, just how we stack up against another team, but, as as you and I both well know, you know, there's only so much you can take from a preseason game, especially the yeah. first one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it's not going to be a good, well-played football game uh, from from what I expect. Um, you know, actually, one guy that I'm that I'm going to have my eye on is Trace McSorley. Um, you know, Lamar isn't going to really play much. There's no RG3. So McSorley's going to get some extended time and, you know, he's really got to show that he deserves this third quarterback spot um, because, you know, I haven't really seen much about his special teams contributions and it's kind of hard for me to believe, at least at this point, that a former quarterback is going to be contributing on the starting special teams immediately. Uh, You know, I, I know he played safety as well, but still you know, at the NFL level, but, um, you know, can he prove enough as a quarterback to, to garner a spot? And then, you know, Justice Hill as well, you know, does he have, you know, that, that special burst that we've been, uh, that we've been told about and that we want to see, uh, in the backfield. And then I want to see how our young DBs do against some of the athletic wide receivers that the Jags have, you know, Anthony Averett, he had a really good preseason. You know, how has he developed? You know, does he still look like he's going to be a really good player for us? Um, you know, Deshaun Elliott, you know, is he that ball hawk that we expect him to be? Chuck Clark and Maurice Kennedy, you know, are they the guys that we think they are? So, you know, to kind of provide that security blanket for our top line defensive backs you know is that group really as good as we think it is and as deep as we think it is I guess is what I want to learn I like that you always you always need to assess your depth and I especially Mm -hmm. like McSorley that's a great point he's gonna get a lot of time and you know he's he could end up playing a larger role than we really want him to this year let's be real RG3 has with a broken thumb or whatever in his hand, you know, I think, who knows? That could be something that lingers. You know, Mm -hmm. I I, I would be surprised if we didn't go, you know, if if something happens with RG3, I would be kind of shocked if we went into the season with just Lamar McSorley and this bag of footballs we signed to be our fourth (laughs) quarterback. You know, I really would be shocked, but crazier things have happened. We only had basically Jamal Lewis as a running back, you know, after we won a Super Bowl. So there's there's always going to be some area where you lack depth. 
hopefully we don't get exposed there. So, yeah, I mean, watching McSorley and how seeing whether he's worth the spot is going to be actually fairly huge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that's a really important spot for, you know, a guy yeah. like Cyrus Jones, who is a specialist. You know, if that if that quarterback spot opens up, you know, that allows you to have a punt return specialist. And, you know, that could, you know, change the situation for a guy like Cyrus Jones. So, yeah, I, I'm interested to see what he does. You know, I, I saw him play a lot at uh, at Penn State. And, uh, you know, having a backfield with him and Justice Hill is going to be a lot of speed. So I'm, I'm curious to see what kind of offense they run. I mean, are they going to run something similar to what – packages Lamar will have you know I, I assume it's going to be a lot of vanilla stuff uh, especially week one of the preseason but just how how do the play calls go is is another thing that uh, that I'll be interested to watch yeah I, I mean it'll just the offense overall too I mean you bring up a good point I mean certainly we're going to see a good you know vanilla version of this Ravens offense but you know just talking about the buzz of camp is, you know, some of the national reporters coming out talking about how the Ravens could very well reshape NFL offenses with what they're doing and blah, blah, blah. I, I'm not ready to jump on the Greg Roman is a genius hype train yet um, in any way, shape, or form. So we'll just have to kind of wait and see there. I mean, I'm certainly excited by some of the stuff you read, but that's that's what I'm also going to be intrigued by, even though knowing it will be a vanilla version of said history-making defense, you know, or game-changing defense, you know, I I want to start seeing some of this reinvention of the NFL offense that the Ravens are apparently doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, nobody's really seen it yet, other than the people that have been at the practices yep. and and that's certainly not us we're not insiders so nope. not <laughs> yeah. at all not in the very least yeah i'm about as outside as you can get yeah we're sitting here in manhattan but, sitting uh, here yeah sitting here talking in our living rooms to each other about <laughs> our ravens fandom we are certainly not trained professionals but we like to play them on podcasts yeah yeah we're professional podcasters that's absolutely that's what we are um, also, in our basements, right? yeah, I, um, you know, I, I asked for help earlier about the Mark Andrews jersey. I'm going to ask for help again. If somebody can figure out for me a, a way to watch this game um, with, you know, with uh, not being in the market and everything like that, it's kind of tough to catch up with these preseason games. So if anybody has any suggestions, please let me know. Uh, any streams out there? Help a brother out. Yes, we're needy, yes. We're needy out of New York this week here on the podcast. Yes, yes, please. Please, I know our listeners will come through for me. Um, any last thoughts before we sign off? No, I don't think so. I'm ready for some football. I'll tell you what. That's my final thought for the day. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. You know, that Hall of Fame game was horrible. But, uh, you know. I didn't seeing... watch one lick. One lick. And I, I was I was happy that I didn't because those games are usually terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was not good. I watched it just because it was football. 
you know, it was, you know, it was bad football, but, you know, there was guys hitting each other, football being thrown. Yeah, exactly. Football nonetheless. So I'm ready for for some Ravens football, even if it's going to be, you know, two drives of the starters and then we see the see the depth guys. But uh, I'm ready to go. Trace McSorley and Jalen Smith will lead us to victory. Don't worry. It's going to be amazing. All right. Score prediction. What do you got? I'm going to say... Go. I'm gonna 29 to 16 Ravens. Yeah, I feel like you always got like kind of weird numbers in go preseason weird games. You gotta go weird numbers, man. Yeah, it, maybe especially I'll, preseason. Maybe I'll say like 22 18 Ravens. Like it. I like it. <laughs> All right, you want to sign us off? All right, well, guys, thanks for listening this week to Crab Takes and Football. For TK, this is Andrew Holly. Go Ravens. Go Ravens.